welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Everybody. This is Evelyn Hershkowitz, Reader Services Librarian from the Syosset Public Library on our Turn the Page podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to have with us Alicia Thompson, the author of Love in the Time of Serial Killers. I believe this is her debut adult novel. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So we're going to talk about Love in the Time of Serial, of serial Killers. Alicia Thompson is a writer, reader, and param- paramour superfan. As a teen, she appeared in an episode of 48 Hours in the audience of a local murder trial where she broke the fourth wall by looking directly into the camera. She currently lives in Florida with her husband and two children. So this is the debut novel for adults. You wrote other things for young adults and middle grade. Is that correct? Yes. I wrote a um, and published a young adult novel uh back in 2009 and then a middle grade series about um some gymnasts that i co-wrote with dominic mochianu yeah very nice are you a gymnast no no definitely (laughs) not i just i just always loved it i watched it a lot when i was growing up so did i i love it too she's a gymnast though the other author yes okay okay so why don't you tell everybody what love in the time of serial killers is all about Sure. Uh, Love in the Time of Serial Killers is a romance, and it is about a woman named Phoebe Walsh who is studying to get her dissertation, um, and she's studying true crime, so kind of like the rhetoric of how true crime is written, how we as a culture respond to it, that kind of thing. Um, And so because of that, she kind of can't help but think about everything through that lens of, you know, what could happen to me or stranger danger, all that kind of stuff. Um, So she moves back over the summer to her dad's house in Florida because uh, he had just passed away and she had to clean out his house. And while she's there, she runs into his neighbor who is this very like sweet swoony guy. But of course, because Phoebe, you know, listens to too many true crime podcasts and reads a lot of true crime books. She just keeps seeing every single thing that he does through this very suspicious lens. Um, but then of course, you know, because it is a romance, it's not a spoiler to say that, you know, he's not a serial killer and everything all works out. Yeah, he was lovely. What a nice guy. Yeah. He really he was nice. Is he um anybody you know based on anybody you know? Not really. I mean, there are elements of different like I I sometimes I put like little character details or something in there, but um no, he's not. Okay. I just want to say the book came out August 16, 2022, and those of you listening and our Syosset patrons, the book is available on Overdrive as both a ebook and an audiobook. I listened to the audiobook and it was fabulous. It was I really enjoyed it. Lee Daniels is the narrator. Yeah, she did such a great job. Um mm-hmm. they actually they sent me a bunch of auditions to audition right. the narrator and she was one of them and um they all read the scene. It comes pretty early in the book. There's a scene where Phoebe and her brother go to Waffle House. Uh, mm-hmm. and and kind of chat and stuff and that's the scene that they had picked for the auditions and one thing I really liked about Lee Daniels and the way that she read it was there was one line in particular where she just gave it a lot of vulnerability and I I was like okay you know that's 
that's my Phoebe. And also her voice is a little bit of like a lower register, which for some reason in my head, I always heard Phoebe as having, you know, a slightly lower voice. And so, um, yeah, I thought she did a great job. Okay. Just out of curiosity, are you a true crime fan? I definitely read a lot of it and, you know, have watched, you know, different documentaries and, and podcasts and stuff like that. I kind of, I come and go. I kind of have to be in the right headspace for it, you know? So I, I go through periods where it's like all I'm consuming. And then I go through periods where I don't really um, read or watch it as much. So you had to do some research for the book, I'm assuming. Actually, not really, just because yeah. most of these references that are in the book are references that are like some of my top episodes or things I've thought about for years or that kind of thing. So it was not that hard to dig those up for the book. Okay. And another thing I loved in the book is your how you um, put librarians in there in libraries. Oh, yeah. I love libraries. And um, I think I, I put this in my acknowledgments, but I wrote the book in August of 2020. So it was kind of like right at, you know, not the very beginning of the pandemic, but within the first few months. And um, all I did was like curbside pickup at my library. And it mm -hmm. was wonderful. You know, just every single week I would just go. It was my little routine. I'd get in my car and I'd drive, you know, to the library and then, you know, get new books and they'd put them in my trunk and then they'd wave to me. And I don't know, it was just so lovely and so nice. And um, yeah, I really appreciated librarians at that time in particular. Yeah. Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> We're happy to have you with us. So what was the inspiration for this book? What made you write about somebody who was going for their doctorate in true crime? Uh, there were several things that kind of all came together. So like I said, it was, you know, in those first like five, six months of the pandemic. And so one thing I was definitely thinking about was just how much more squirrely I was getting, like even in those few months, you know, like, for example, like I, I went to the grocery store at one point and my father-in-law was standing right in front of the chips and he was wearing his mask. And I, I like didn't even I didn't even register that it was him like because of the mask. And I was so focused. I was so like trying right. to get in and out of that store. Um, I mean, that's just like one example. But, you know, it, it, it was things like that that I just felt like even with these like six months, I felt my social skills completely atrophying. And so I kind of thought about, you know, how hard it must be to find somebody to find love to open yourself up when you're feeling that way you know when you're feeling like that kind of like shut down go internal kind of way and in the case of you know phoebe it's more about the serial killer stuff i didn't really want to write a book about the pandemic so it's not about that but right. i i feel like i feel like that vibe is a little bit informing the book anyway you know just because that's when i wrote it um and so in her case it's that she's you know reading about true crime so much that it's making her very squirrely which Again, when I go through those periods of reading a lot of true crime, I feel like it it makes me just, I don't know, more paranoid, more nervous, you know, more anxious. It's probably not good for me. Yeah. Well, the cover of the book is just gorgeous. I absolutely love the the pink and the red. It's so great. Did yeah. you have fans in that also? And also it says, can true love survive her true crime obsession? And the name of the book is The Monster Next Door on the yeah. cover it's a great cover with hearts and i mean every it's just fabulous it's so so eye-catching it's just a great cover yeah the cover is is pretty perfect i can't take much credit for the cover which is actually why i like to talk about it because then i can just talk about how perfect it is and it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like i'm bragging because i didn't do anything with it okay um 
the only thing I, I did say that I liked the idea of like a vintage pulp kind of like style cover. So that was something that I had always envisioned just with the content of the book and the serial killers kind of connection. I thought that that would be really cute. Um, but then they, uh, Berkeley, the publisher, they got in touch with an artist, um, Jennifer Prince, who is amazing and she's great. And her work on Instagram is um, really fantastic. So I would highly recommend anybody follow her. But she's the one who did the, you know, the actual illustration. And another thing that I will take some credit for on the cover is that tagline, the can true love survive her true crime obsession, because originally it was can true love replace her true crime obsession. And I was like, get you a girl who can do both, you know? Okay. So, so I, I liked the change of the word to survive instead of replace. Yeah, no, it's, it's so catchy. Have you walked into any bookstores and seen it on the shelf yet because it did come out august 16th so it's been out a little while already yeah it's it's kind of funny actually how that worked so um my indie bookstore where i had like my launch event and stuff they have copies you know and they had obviously bought like a lot of copies you know for the launch event and then they bought even more copies after that for me to sign them for the store and all that so i've definitely seen my book there and they have it very lovingly displayed you know local author and all that kind of stuff um but for whatever reason, every time I go into my local Barnes and Noble, you know, the one that like I've gone to since I was, you know, 13 years old, they just they they never have it. They just don't. Uh -huh. have it. Um, and so I guess I guess like it's good because, you know, they sold their copy or whatever. Uh -huh. But um, it's kind of a bummer because I haven't actually had that experience of like walking into, you know, the Barnes and Noble and seeing it there on the shelf or whatever yet. Wow, that's too bad. They should get more copies, Barnes and Noble. You hear about maybe that? maybe I'll just bring my own and I'll just prop it on the <laughs> shelf, you know, and then right and then walk back in. Absolutely. Now, book, talking about the cover, there is a wonderful blurb by a wonderful author. I've read her books. I love her her mm -hmm. style and her writing. Allie Hazelwood, New York Times bestselling author, said this true crime is not reading. Wait, the true crime is not reading this novel. That's mm -hmm. what Allie Hazelwood said. And she's also a fabulous writer. Are you friendly with Allie? Yeah, I love Allie. And um, I was super, super psyched that she agreed to you know read the book and give me a quote for it. And I actually had many friends, and I don't fault them for this at all, by the way, but I had many friends who I think were more excited about that than any other any other detail of my publishing journey. You know, it was like, oh, I'm I'm getting a book published. And they were like, yay, that's so exciting. And then I was like, oh, and Allie Hazelwood is, you know, reading it. She's putting a quote on the cover. And then they were, you know, absolutely freaking out. So yeah. uh, it, it was great. And and I love her. Yeah, no, she's, she, her books are fabulous. I interviewed her a short time ago also. She's great to speak to also. Also, your book got a starred review in Booklist. And a starred review in Library Journal, which is very exciting for a debut author, mm -hmm. debut adult debut author. I don't want to take away your other books, but the adult. Yeah, yeah, I was very, I was very excited about about both of those, especially, um, you know, Library Journal because I know it reaches a lot of librarians, and mm -hmm. Booklist is obviously one of those ones you really aspire to. When do you find time to write? Because I know you're a you have a full time job. You mm -hmm. also have a family that you're taking care of. What is your writing schedule like? Um, well, of course, right now I feel like I I would say I just don't find time to write because I <laughs> it's been it's been hard lately to find time to write. But usually my my key hours are like from nine to eleven at night. 
So yeah. usually I, uh, you know, I, I work my job, you know, hang out with the family and stuff. And then after the kids go to bed, I usually get my best writing done from around nine to 11 or so. And then I, I always try to write on the weekends. And I always say, like, whenever I come up with my little writing schedule, you know, how many words I'm trying to hit every day, I always give extra to the weekends because I'm like, well, that's when I'll really make up for it. That's when I'll go crazy. But for whatever reason, I don't really write as much on the weekends. I just don't. Um, I'm in like, I'm in relaxation mode. <laughs> How old are your children? They're 10 and 12. Okay. So they like their mom around, I'm sure. <laughs> they do, but, but they're, I mean, it is a benefit to have them old enough that like they can understand, you know, they're, they're old enough that you can shut the door and say, Hey, I'm busy with something and they can kind of entertain themselves. Whereas, you know, when they were really little, it was definitely a lot harder to figure out time to write when they were just, you know, babies and toddlers. Right. Has a 12-year-old read the book? No, no. <laughs> too young, much too young. Too young. He did say one time, I think I was I was saying something about a video game he was playing, and I was kind of like, oh, this, this game's a little violent. Like, I, I didn't realize that, you know, they actually showed the blood on the screen, or I don't know, there was something kind of gory on it that I was commenting on. And he was like, well, I mean, you're the one writing about serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you also have some sex scenes in there too. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I don't advertise those to the kids. <laughs> yeah, but do you like writing? You know, the level of sex that you did write in the book—that's enjoyable for you. Yeah, I I love writing sex scenes. Um, my biggest struggle with them is just that I feel like they they do have to obviously enhance the character and the plot. They have to match the book, and they have to match the tone of the book. You know, sometimes I think um, like some books I, I think are, for example, Closed Door, where they don't have sex scenes at all. Right. And I think it perfectly matches the tone of the book. And that's how the book should have been, because it just fits, you know, and other books obviously get a lot steamier. And, and that matches the tone of that particular book. And so I think for me, one of the biggest struggles is trying to figure out, you know, what's the right level of heat for this story, mm -hmm. for these characters, you know, what kind of fits with everything that is going on in the book um but i really enjoy writing them and i was you know obviously happy to have uh you know scenes fit into this book yeah no they were definitely good good scenes no doubt about it i love the book um i can't stop thinking about them i'm hoping they're living their happy ever after i believe that they are i think <laughs> about my characters a lot after the yeah. book is done and i i think that they're doing just fine yeah I, I hope so too. It, I really enjoyed it. It was a very nice story. Really good. Really good story. Thank you. So how hard was it to get this book published? Um, so on the one hand, I feel like it was super easy. And on the one other hand, it was, it took a really long time and was very difficult. And I'm, Basically, the reason why I say that is because for this particular book, if, if I looked at this book in a vacuum, um, basically, I wrote it faster than I've written any other book. I wrote it in like two months. Uh, and part of that was because I was trying to hit a deadline for this mentorship contest I was trying to enter. Oh, very um, nice. So it was one of those things where it was like, you know, you have to have your manuscript in by, you know, midnight on September 30th or something. And I was so, you know, I just kind of wrote in an absolute blur and tried to get everything done that I could. Um, and then I entered the mentorship contest. I, I was not selected for it, so I did not get in. And then a couple of the authors, you know, who are mentors in the contest reached out to me and basically said, you know, we really enjoyed it. 
you know, sorry, we didn't pick you, but you know, we think it's really good. And would you want to um, like query, you know, my agent and you can drop my name and, and all that. So obviously that's really nice. Cause it gives you a bit of a, you know, fast pass to mm-hmm. kind of in the agent's inbox. Um, and so I did that. And I, so I sent out a few queries with this book, both through those referrals and also just by myself. Um, but it only took, you know, a couple months. And then, you know, I had the the call from the agent that said, you know, that she wanted to represent me. And then the book deal happened pretty quickly after that. So when I look at this particular book, I say, it was honestly, it was really fast. I mean, I almost didn't have time to like recover from one stage before the next stage was, was happening. But the reason why I say it also was really hard and took a long time is, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I published books before I published books, right. um, you know, 13, 10 years ago. I mean, depending on, you know, which book you're talking about. And there was a long time in between where, you know, I was, I had an agent and I was trying to put books, you know, on submission with editors and they weren't getting picked up. And then I didn't have an agent and I was trying to query other books. I queried maybe three or four other books before this one. Oh. Um, and, you know, so it, it, it's funny because, yeah, this this particular project feels almost like it was, you know, like lightning in a bottle or something. But then if you look at the whole, you know, history, the whole trajectory, it was actually um, quite a long time of querying and submitting and getting rejected and, you know, all that back and forth. Did you always want to be an author? Yeah, pretty much since I was a kid, I've always wanted to be an author. Um, when I was in kindergarten, my teacher had like a cork board, you know, that she put up authors on. I remember Roald Dahl was a big one mm-hmm. um, that we always had up on the cork board. And I always, you know, like saw myself up there and just thought like, oh, one day, you know, I'll write stories and I'll be on the cork board. Wow. <laughs> Does she still teach kindergarten? You know, I tried to look her up, actually, because this was back in New Orleans. I lived in oh, New okay. Orleans uh, for that particular time. And post Katrina, it was really difficult to find like certain records or certain people. Um, but she was lovely. And, you know, I, I would love to almost just like thank her for a lot of things that she did for me at that time. She let me bring my, um, I had just moved from Saudi Arabia actually oh, wow. uh, to go to that school. And I had this, um, you know, my emotional support sock monkey that I carried with me, like literally everywhere. And, I remember my mom really prepped me for kindergarten by saying like, you can't bring the sock monkey, you know, this is real school. They're not going to let you bring a toy. And so I had like had all these long talks with the sock monkey and I had really like prepared him for, you know, I'm going to be gone. I, you know, I can't be home with you. And then um, I remember my mom did say I could take him to like the open house and the teacher was like, Oh yeah, you can bring your sock monkey. That's fine. And she let him like raise his hand sometimes and like, you know, (laughs) She would call him for role. It was very sweet. It was very sweet yeah. that she was so kind to me when I really, really needed my emotional support sock monkey. Yeah. I'm just saying, if she's still teaching, you got to get your picture up on the board. Well, I don't know if um, I don't know if this book's going up on a kindergarten court <laughs> board, but uh, but yeah, she was a great teacher. Yeah. Well, I guess she was a good influence on you then, huh? Yeah, I think um, I think every writer has you know teachers they can remember for both good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know, usually you hear at least one story of somebody who is very, you know, mean to you and told you you could never write again or something. But uh, but I think I was fortunate to have several really good teachers. Yeah. What is your full time job? I'm a legal assistant. That, I did paralegal work for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Before I went and became a librarian. So 
I had a couple of careers too in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I think most people do at this point. Yeah. So writing romance, I guess, is going to be your thing now. So are you working on anything else? Um, so I'm currently in edits for my second book, which is coming out um, next summer sometime. Thank you. And that one is, uh, it's about these two kind of rivals to lovers, um, workplace rom-com where they work at this fake winter attraction in Orlando. And in that particular book, it's dual POV. So you get his perspective as well as hers. Okay. Um, Whereas this one is only one perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited about it. That's great. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Also being published by Berkeley. Yeah, no, I'm really excited about that. A lot of my favorite romance novels are published by Berkeley. So I was thrilled. So what are some of your favorites? Um, so I love anything by Rachel and Solomon. So like Weather Girl, um, The X Talk. I think she's great. I love Rosie Dannon's The Roommate. Oh, I like I love, that one a lot too. Mm-hmm. I love Talia Hibbert. Uh, I love Emily Henry's books. Emily Henry's fabulous. Yes. Yeah. I just read um, an arc of Georgie all along by Kate Claiborne. And I'm obsessed with that book. What's that one called? I'm not familiar with that. It's called Georgie all along and it comes out in January. Okay. I'm going to have uh, to me write that one down. Yeah. And if you haven't read uh, Kate Claiborne has other books. She has love at first and love lettering. And I just think she's like the most beautiful writer. Um, so yeah. Do you read other genres also? Yeah, I read pretty much everything. Like if there's, I'm a promiscuous reader, as I would say. One of my grad professors said that once and I liked it so much that I stole it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, right now I'm listening to the audiobook for uh, Jeanette McCurdy's, you know, I'm glad my mom died. So mm -hmm. I'm listening to that right now. Very I popular just, book. Oh, very popular. Actually, mm -hmm. that's, that's how I got it so fast because I put, you know, my list through Libby, through my right. library. Um, and, you know, they were kind of saying like, oh, it's going to be months before you get this book. And I was like, that's fine. I'll wait. And then I saw they were like, oh, we added 204 more copies of this book. And so oh I got my pretty gosh. Fast. Yeah, because the demand was just that high. Uh, it's really good. It's it, yeah. it's extremely good. So I would say it lives up to the hype. And then I just finished reading. It's kind of true crime slash history. Um, it's called Say Nothing. And it's a book about this um, abduction and murder of a woman in Ireland. But then right. also it's a lot about the troubles and, you know, the Irish fight for independence and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it, it was really, really good as well. That's wonderful. So I, you said you're in edits now or the books? Yeah, the, the second book, the second book is in edits now. So I'm, mm -hmm. you know, going back and forth with my editor just with, you know, things to change and stuff like that. Right. Now, when this book came out, did you do a book tour at all? Not really. Um, I did, you know, I did an event at that indie bookstore. So I did like a little launch event and I did, you know, some virtual give, events. Give and a stuff plug like that. to the indie bookstore. We love them. Of course. Yeah. Tom yeah. Below Books in St. Pete. It, they're charming. <laughs> it's the cutest little store. It's next to a great coffee shop called Black Crow Coffee. Um, the people are so nice. Everybody is so nice. It's a very well curated selection very good romance selection, which you don't always find at an indie. Um, so yeah, it's just a great, great bookstore. Tom Below Books in St. Pete. Okay, great. Yeah, we love our indie bookstores. We have a new one that just opened here in Oyster Bay. So we, mm. we, we love Theodore. I'll give them a plug, Theodore Books. So. Nice. Named for Teddy Roosevelt since he was from Oyster Bay. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
So I'm assuming because you do write from nine to 11, you write in your house. You don't go to a coffee shop or anything like that. Yeah. Usually I write in my house. Sometimes if I, if I try to do that ambitious weekend writing, sometimes I'll go to, to Barnes and Noble and write in their cafe to try to be, you know, inspired by all the books around me. Mm -hmm. Do you have a writing group with other authors? Not a group exactly. I do definitely have other authors that I, you know, bounce ideas off of sometimes, or, you know, we send each other our work and, you know, um, give each other feedback on it, but not really a, a group per se. Mm -hmm. Have you finished getting your master's? Yes. Yeah. I got my MFA from USF um, about 10 years ago. Yeah. Well, okay. I was thinking if you're still doing that, how do you have time for all this? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> time consuming, huh? Yeah. It there's never enough hours. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Are you home right now? Yes. Oh, I see all the, I see your books all behind you on the bookshelf. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I've been, you know, I told my boss about the, you know, the book and all that stuff. Um, I tried not to for a long time because I, I was know. trying to, I was trying to keep those two things kind of separate, but I eventually was like, you know what, I'm not going to be able to, to sustain all of this if I don't fill him in so that, you know, he knows like, Sometimes maybe I might have to leave early or I might come in late or something like that. And he's been very supportive and very nice about it. So I'm I'm heading in to work right after this call. <laughs> yes, so am I. So am I. So are the do the people work have they read your book? Has your boss read your book? Um, I have two bosses. It's a father, daughter, lawyer pair. Okay. And um the daughter has read my book because, you know, she reads romance anyway. We talk about books all the time. So I knew that was inevitable and she was, you know, very kind about it. She came to my launch event. It was very sweet of her. Um, my other boss, I do not believe has read my book and I hope he doesn't ever read my book. And <laughs> if he does, I don't want to hear about it. So, right. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. So we look forward to the next book coming out. Does it have a title yet? I'm not sure if I can share it, to be honest okay. with you, because we've gone back and forth on the title a few times and I think we've landed on one, but, um, until I like almost am like holding the physical final published book in my hands. I don't know if I'll feel comfortable saying it. <laughs> okay. Is it going to have a cover similar to this one? Are you going to keep it all in the same style? It's the same artist. So oh, um, yeah. And I love the cover. I've actually seen a draft of it and I'm like obsessed with it. So I think it's really cute. That's wonderful. Yeah. I mean, the colors are just so great. Okay. So I just want to thank you so much, Alicia Thompson for being with us today on Syosset Public Library's Turn the Page podcast. And I look forward to your next book and hopefully we'll be able to chat again. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so okay. much for having me and um, for, you know, all the work you oh, do I just to the library. To say, I wanted to tell you, one. I wanted to ask you one other thing. I went on Goodreads. The reviews are fabulous. Do you read your reviews? No, no, no. I do not. No, okay. absolutely not. No. People are loving it, just so you know. And there's also well, in our overdrive system, which is all of Nassau County, there are so many holds on your book. Oh, that's so, great. Just yeah, that's really you know cool. that it's definitely gotten good reviews and people are reading it and loving it. So thank you so much for being with us. Oh, so, yeah. Thank you. I'm going to close this chapter of Turn the Page. And Alicia Thompson was our special guest today. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.